For the last two Sundays, we looked at the message that the angel gave to the shepherds and how that relates to us today. But that wasn't all that happened that night. You see, after the announcement was made, an entire host of angels appeared joining the one angel. And their words are significant when we consider why we celebrate a candlelight Christmas Eve service. In Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says this, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Immediately upon the end of the announcement to the shepherds, this host of angels appeared. There was, means there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. The word here for heavenly host, it refers to multiple rows of an army. And this time it's multiple rows of an army of angels, like an army in rank. When you might you see one marching in rank, that's what is there. It's not just like you know, a panorama. It's just, it's an army of angels that have suddenly appeared this probably isn't millions or even thousands because the word multitude means a large but countable number. But it is a large crowd of angels like the marching ranks of an army. And under normal circumstances, that would have been absolutely terrifying. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17, we actually get another account of an army of angels. It says here in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and went out, behold, a host, an army, a people, surrounded the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? And he, Elisha, the prophet, answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. That would be terrifying to face. In Elijah's case, the army of angels were ready to defend God's prophet from the Syrian army. But in Bethlehem, there's no mention of chariots or fire because they weren't there for war. These angels were here for two different reasons. The first reason was to praise God because the day that they'd been waiting for had finally come. They say glory to God in the highest. It says that they were praising God, which means to speak of the excellence of a person. God, you are so excellent and glory is to you in the highest. When we talked the last couple Sundays about God's glory appearing to the shepherds, that refers to God's innate glory how God's very presence in all his love, his perfection, his power, his purity, and his vastness, it surrounded the shepherds, and how that emphasized the gap between us and God. But this, of course, is a different kind of glory. It's the glory ascribed to God by us or by other created beings. Now, God doesn't get bigger or stronger the more glory his creation gives him. And I cannot diminish God's glory by anything I say or do. But glorifying God by my words or my actions means that I speak and live in such a way that honors him. To speak and live in a way that declares just how awesome he is. 
And so when the angels say glory to God, they are declaring that God is worthy of honor for making this awesome announcement of the birth of his son. That he is awesome for doing something so wonderful. The idea behind that is that God did not have to become a man. He could have left us right where we were. He could have said enough is enough and wiped us out. But instead, he bridged that vast gap between us and him. Now they say, glory to God. You're so worthy, God. All honor belongs to you. And they say it belongs to you in the highest. It means in the heavens, all, all the universe. And then obviously the, the supernatural realm where the angels dwell. In other words, the angels are declaring that the God is worthy of the highest honor everywhere, that that truth needs to be heard in every corner of creation, that God is higher and more worthy of honor than any man or angel and, or any other created thing in the universe. In other words, whatever you can think of as being awesome, the angels declare that God is more awesome. And everyone and everything in the universe needs to know it, which brings us to this first reason for why we celebrate a candlelight Christmas Eve service. It's to worship, to declare God's greatness, to add our amen to the songs we sing and the scriptures we study and the conversation we have with one another, to join our praise to that of the angels when we celebrate the wonderful gift of the incarnation of God becoming a man. The second reason we celebrate a Christmas Eve candlelight service is found in the rest of their words. They say glory to God in the highest, but then they say, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. War is defined, the opposite of peace, war is defined as a conflict that has claimed more than a thousand lives. Of the past 3,400 3, years of recorded history, humans have only been war-free for 268 of those years. But that isn't the peace that the angels are declaring. For, because however long man has been around, there has never been a year when man has not been in rebellion to God. And now, with the birth of Jesus, someone has come who would never be in rebellion to God. Jesus, the son of God who has been given. Jesus, the child that was born and that they would find in the manger. Through this birth, the angels were declaring that God wanted peace with us. And this prince of peace, Jesus, proves God's love towards his enemies. That's what goodwill toward men means. The whole idea of peace on earth, goodwill toward men, doesn't mean, you know what, it's Christmas, we should get along for a day. It doesn't mean I should be nice to people for a day. I should have goodwill toward my fellow man. That's not the point at all. The angels aren't saying, make sure you're nice for a couple days. The angels are saying, Jesus is nice, always towards you. That his heart is towards you, that he loves you. Goodwill toward man literally means toward men who are his beloved. The goodwill there refers to his love. They're announcing to man that you're his beloved, that you're precious to him, that he didn't want to leave you in that gap, but he wanted to rescue you. Goodwill speaks of God's divine favor, of his grace, of his devoted love that wants to bless us and not judge us. It is the partner to glory in the highest because just as all the farthest corners of the universe need to hear that God is worthy, so every human being under heaven needs to hear that God loves them and has done something wonderful to end the war between him and them and bring us close to him. 
That is the second reason we celebrate a Christmas Eve candlelight service. You need to hear that God loves you. I, I don't know how your week's been, your day's been, maybe it's been awful. Maybe tomorrow you're not looking forward to it. I don't know what happened, but you need to understand one thing for sure. God loves you. His grace and his favor are toward you, his beloved. You need to know that God loves you. And you need to find all the proof that God loves you in God becoming a man to die on the cross for you. Romans 5.8 says, but God commends his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God is not going to prove to you that he loves you by you saying, you know, he's not Santa Claus. He's saying, God, you know, can you get me this you know, in my life? He will never prove his love to you that way. God, if you love me, do this for me. What he's going to tell you is, I already proved how much I loved you and I stretched my arms out this wide to show you. And he died on the cross for us. And just as you need to know, you need to hear that God loves you. You need to know that God loves you. So does everyone else who isn't here tonight. So does everyone else that you're going to interact with, not just for this holiday season, but for the rest of your life. We gather on Christmas Eve to worship and declare God's awesomeness. But we also gather on Christmas Eve to remind ourselves of God's love for us and for everyone else. To remind ourselves that just as Jesus is the light of the world, he has made us the light of the world through our witness to others. And so when you spend time with family and friends tonight, tomorrow, and over the rest of the holidays, first, take time to remember God's great love for you. Worship him by your words and by your actions. But then second, share God's great love with those you are with. Tell them that he loves them. Witness by your words and your actions. Don't pick a fight or get easily offended this year. Amen? Some of you said, oh me. Don't stress out and get grumpy over the condition of the world. Be a light. Join the angels as God's worship team, number one, and God's messenger of peace and love, number two. Amen? At this point in time, I'm going to ask the guys to come up and light the candles. So the reason we do this is because it's, you, you're lighting the candle of the person next to you and there's in essence a symbolism there where you're saying, don't forget you're the light of the world. Don't forget you're the light of the world and you're passing it on to the next person. Each one of you, if you're a believer here tonight, you are the light of the world and let your light so shine. We'll read it in just a minute before men. So let's go ahead and stand. And look around you. You're not alone. Sometimes you're at your workplace, or maybe you go into family, you're the only believer tomorrow, and you, you might feel alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says this, you, actually says ye, which is old King James for you all. They spoke Floridian over there. You all are the salt of the earth. But then it's verse 14, it says, you are, ye are, or you all are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven.
Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your great love for us. Thank you for becoming a man and dying on the cross for our sins that we might be forgiven. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, that we would be those who go from here shining for you. Lord, joining the angels with our worship and with our witness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. This concludes our Christmas Eve service. You're welcome to stay in fellowship and hang out. God bless you.